0: I began to really say, okay, God, you've got a plan today, God, and it's not mine. (laughs) And as I began to say, okay, Lord, I've got a lot of stuff on my calendar, but you can move anything on my calendar that you need to move today. Help me to just watch and listen and then obey. And when I began to do that over that following few years, it began to really change my perspective. And I began to see things differently. I began to look at things differently. I, I sort of had a new set of eyes and and I would have to catch myself about when I'd be out there running, okay, now why are you running, James? What's the hurry? Where are, you, where are you headed? Well, is it your plan or God's plan? And that really helped me then reposition my thinking around stopping and asking the right question. And I, that's what I call that. I was asking a lot of the why question, but not the what question. What are you doing, God? When things happen, I started asking that, what are you doing, God? And that helped me focus on on what God's up to, not what I'm up to.
1: Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Trevor Talks. I'm your host, Trevor Tyson. As usual, if you're expecting someone else, I'm sorry. I'm the only one that's here, so we're going to make it work. But this week's guest is the president of Dayspring, which is the world's largest Christian social expression company, as well as a subsidiary of hallmark the guy is running the show with over distributing over 200 million products per year globally which is an insane number to even think about 200 million is more than most people will make in their lifetime and i hope if you're listening this that you make more than that but you know what We'll just figure it out. We'll go it day by day. But he's a business leader, father, husband, grandfather, believer, and the author of his new book, Blue Skies, How to Live, an Extraordinary Expectation of What's Around the Corner. Y'all help me welcome Mr. James Barnett. James, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, thanks so much, Trevor. I'm, I'm excited about being here and, and look forward to our ta- time and and uh, just what it's got up to next, right? That's what we're trying to figure out. Exactly. And the one thing I want to start
1: out with is what people usually wouldn't hear on other shows is we got to know each other a little bit before we even logged on here today. We had uh, some tech difficulties, which is awesome. I think it's fun. It gives us an opportunity to see how uh, the other works in a quote-unquote stressful environment it wasn't too stressful it was fun mm-hmm. but uh mr patrick came in and saved the day with new laptop so here he we sure are did. We made it, <laughs> he, made it <laughs> <work>. <laughs> he made it work and like you were saying you've done like 50 interviews and haven't had that issue so it mm-hmm. had to happen on trevor talk so i'm grateful mm-hmm. we got to have that time together but man this is incredible you've got a new book out blue skies you've got You're the president of Dayspring, which up until I got this pitch, I'd never thought too much into Dayspring, but I'll go into like Walmart and the Hallmark store and Carmichael's, which is a local drugstore here in my area, and you'll see a whole rack. that says Dayspring, Mm -hmm. and it's like how interesting to now get to talk to one of the people that helped create it into the behemoth it is today. So (laughs) just to start out, you've been with a company for over 40 years. Is that correct?
0: That is correct. So a lot,
1: a lot of people out there don't want to work their current job for another 40 days, nor the less, another 40 (laughs) hours. What is your secret for finding so much passion in what you do that you want to continue to wake up for over four decades and do the same
0: work? Well, that is a wonderful question. And I I started when I, I called it, I was a kid, you know, I was a college kid and I was, my dad was a pastor and a school teacher and pastored at small churches and yet he he started to sell stuff in the summer because he needed to make a little more money. I'm the youngest of seven kids, so there was a lot of mouths to feed, and, and it seems like we had a couple of cousins always living with us, and so 10 or 15 people at breakfast, lunch, and dinner was pretty common, So so I but I always thought I might be in, in ministry, and yet as I grew up, I, I always loved business. I was always buying and selling things, and in fact, I went through motorcycles, I think i had seven or eight motorcycles from age 13 to age 18 because i'd always try to trade up you know and and until i finally got a car but i was i was always you know interested in business and so i was get, i got my business degree and i was working on my master's at the university of arkansas and i met these two pastors that had moved from california with a small business uh, eight families and they they moved to our area and i met them and i thought wow they, they sold a few greeting cards, they had a couple of spinners of cards and a few other products. And I thought, wow, you can be do some ministry and some business. And I was interviewing with Conoco and Exxon and at and and some big companies that were going to have to move to a big city. And I thought, well, you know, I might just try to see if I can help these guys. And I did a, I did a marketing project for them uh, on the sellability of Christian product in the secular market. I thought, well, that sounds like a good marketing project. And so I put some spinners in in those stores, and that's where I got my first Walmart. I got my first Walmart. I you know asked the manager that I happen to know and here in town, and said, "Can I remove the Russell Stover candy off the end cap and put two Day Spring spinners there for the summer?" And he said, "Sure, let's try that." And guess what? I did ten other the stores, and Christians—I I called it Christians buy groceries too. They—they—they uh, <laughs> they, they go to the movies, they do normal things, and they also buy, you know, greeting cards at stores. And so, it worked well. And I—I I just said, "Hey, would you guys want to hire me for a little bit? I'll help you try to build the business." And—and and they said, "The rest is history." That was forty years ago. So. I have, I've never set out to work anywhere 40 years. I was, I was set out to do the next thing. I was this driven kid that wanted to get ahead. I didn't have much. And so, Hey, I wanted to hurry up and get married and have kids and get a house and get a, you know, get my job going and my career. And, and so that's sort of what I did. And I sort of started with these guys and, and I, what I loved about it versus a big company is in a small company, you can see the results very quickly. You, you don't you get to try it and then you see the results and you get to say, okay, is that working or not working? And so I I enjoyed that environment. I enjoyed building things. And, you know, I think we had about 20, 25 folks working here at that time. And and now we've got 250. We've, uh, we've had, we've had as many as 500. We used to have manufacturing, but God granted us uh, so much favor through the years. And I started a sales department and a marketing department and, Help grow the business. And now I've been running the business for 28 years. Wow. I've been here 40. So that is incredible.
1: 40. And it's interesting that you say, like when you're in a small company, you can actually see the results a lot more as day spring has scaled on. Has it become harder for you to find those results? Or are you like just that purpose driven mindset guys? Like, Oh, there's results there. I may not be able to see them right off the bat, but if I dig hard enough, I could find them.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think I see them. You know what? We, we were small enough still uh, that, that, you know, I just came out of a business review meeting for the month and, and, you know, we're still small enough. We can sort of see what's going on in the business and the company, but yes, are there still things I don't know as much as I used to that we need to dig into? We sure do. The thing i, I probably, I, I get not only excited about the products that we're placing, the 200 million you know, products or so we're touching billions of people a year through e-commerce and through emails and through touch points on, you know, through social media the The amount of touches that that God has granted us to to be in the marketplace and we have an unbelievable marketing group and and reach there and so to think that this year we will touch about three and a half billion what I call three and a half billion touches uh sometimes that's obviously it's many times to some people uh, but you know there's there's amazing that we've grown from this little bitty small company. Uh, to a really a large uh, international company, primarily the United States and Canada, but, but uh, our reach is around the world. And I love seeing the map where we, where we have e-commerce and I see activity around the world and think, wow, God, what an amazing, you know, touch that you've allowed us to, to reach, you know, through, the, through products and services to people around the world.
1: How incredible. And to think that this all started in a small town in Arkansas and has become a global thing, as I was telling you before we logged on here, I went to Walmart last night, which was you got the first Walmart store for Spring because yes. of the fruits of that labor, I was able to find my mom a birthday card. <laughs> like, oh, wow. That is so great. It's so, it so random. It's so <laughs> random that it happened at that time because I had Spring on my mind from reading the book. And I was yes. like, I'm going to go find a day spring card because you've got them online and everything, but I needed it now. Now, and, that's right. And I was able to find the perfect card, and I am sh- I hope it warms her heart. But it's just mm-hmm. so incredible to think that all of that started in Arkansas. And mm-hmm. I want to use that as a touch point, as you would mm-hmm. say, for people out there that are living in a small town. like I come from a tiny town called Social Circle, Georgia. Last time I checked, there was like 2,500 people that live here having a show, like speaking, all of those things were never on the table for me. But if God gives you a unique calling on your life, you got to go out and chase it. So my question for you piggybacking off of that is when you met the Dayspring guys, was it an instant thought of like, I really want to work with these guys? Or was there a thought in that process of like, these guys are kind of nuts. I like it, but we'll see.
0: (laughs) Well, you, you know, truthfully, it was it was about 45 minutes. What the, 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 quick story, they actually had moved from California that they had not, one of the founders had grown up in Oklahoma and one had grown up in Iowa and they went to school at Pasadena Christian college, which is now Point Loma Christian university in, in San Diego, but it wasn't Pasadena, California. And they became Nazarene pastors and were pastoring churches, had this idea of getting publishing outside of the church, ended up quitting their churches, started doing publishing and for products for eight years eight years in had this idea of a greeting card in 1971, did a few greeting cards. It grew and they decided to move to Arkansas. That's a whole story. They were looked a lot of other places. They, Arkansas was the last place on their mind. It had to be a God. It was a God moment to get them to even wake up to say, what do you mean Arkansas? But they came into town and they bought 500 acres South of town and built, b- built a built business building. They, they built their Uh, some homes and it was about three miles south of town. So we're a little worried about what kind of group is this coming in (laughs) to a small town of, we have, our town is 5,000 people at that time. Now it's 25,000, but Mm -hmm. they run in. So we walk, so they've been in town about a year. And my dad had met, had met one of the founders. And I was by his house one day when I was uh, after a class, I stopped by to see him. i just gotten married. And so I was, uh, we were living in an obviously another place there in town, but I stopped by to see them. And my dad said, "Hey, I met one of these founders of this company that moved from California. You want to go with me?" And I said, "Yes, I want to go. I want to know what they what they're doing out there." And so we we went out. We met them. And about forty five minutes in, I thought these guys they are a little strange and crazy, but they're not strange and crazy. You know, they're just they love Jesus. They want to do the right thing. They're trying to run a business, uh, and they're but they're real have a ministry heart. And about forty five minutes in, I was needing to do a thesis uh, for my master's program. And I thought, you know, I wonder if I could test the sellability of Christian product in the secular market. Because I asked him if they sold anywhere outside of Christian stores. And they said, no, we, we just sell to Christian stores. And I said, well, how come? That's when I made this comment. I said, well, like, how come you don't sell to Walmart or Safeway? I said, don't like Christians buy groceries. I mean, th- they they <laughs> buy stuff. You know, I mean, we I said, we're just regular folks, but we happen to love Jesus. And we live in these small towns, like you said. And I said, I think people buy this. And so I told him I would go get ten stores, and I would get a professor to sponsor me and put put a whole program together. Got some PhD students, do some market research, and so we put this project together for three months. And I had a ball. I loved it. I thought, Wow, Lord, man, this to really get a you know a, a message of hope and encouragement and make an eternal impact on someone's life, like that card you you bought for your mom. I mean that scripture does not return void. There's a there's a message and a piece of art that's hopefully going to speak life, but that we we believe it's not just you know a water for today, but water for tomorrow. And so that I, I pitched this idea to them all in about thirty minutes, and they said, "Well, come back in a couple of days and we'll talk." And in the meantime, I got all my stuff together with my professor, and he said he would do it with me, and and that's what I did. That and at the end of the three or four months, I thought first of all, guess what? The Walmart and Salem Springs sold more, pro- more dollars in three months than their largest Christian store was selling across the country.
1: Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now, 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states.
0: Incredible. And that spoke to me because I thought, you know, these cards and these gifts and these notes, I mean, sell. And the, all you do is got to get them in front of the right people because Christians, you know, there's a, there's 100 million you know, believing Christians that, that are, you know, right here in the U S and, and, and so that are, you know, go to church once a month and that are engaged. And so how do we reach that? So that, that got me excited about, wow, God, this is an amazing story. You can do this business and ministry together and, and help. I wanted to really had a lot of passion around helping them grow that business. And so I said, Hey guys, I'll, I'll join you guys for, you know, a year or six months and see if I can help you. And if I'm in your way, just kick me out. If I'm not, maybe I can stay around here a bit. So, so that's what I've done. And and I helped them again, started calling on these Christian stores and and general market stores, made my first call in the Walmart headquarters (laughs) that next year and sold the, the Christmas cards. And we've been selling to Walmart now for 40 years. And, and, and so by the way, before you, I forget, this is we are also in Dollar Tree and dollar family dollar stores if you're, Those are in a lot of small towns, mm-hmm. and, and so you'll see us under the Joe yours brand by, by Dayspring that we have. And so the, the local Walmart, the local Hallmark stores, uh, that some of the Dollar Tree and dollar, uh, uh, Family Dollar stores, you'll see us in CVS and Walgreens, and wherever Hallmark product is sold, we'll be in those stores. So we're excited about that.
1: And how incredible is it that you're just about in all these big chain stores across the country and across the globe, as you mentioned earlier. How incredible is it that nobody had had that idea before you did? So these guys come from different parts of the country into Arkansas for this one guy being James Barnett to be like, you know, I think Christians still go to Walmart and with that being said, did you find it hard to gain respect in the secular community as a business leader being over a Christian organization like
0: that? I would say yes. We we had a really ch- tough time at, uh, early on and, and even still do sometimes with the gatekeeper. What I call the gatekeeper oh. is the person that is thinking, well, those that stuff won't sell in our store. I mean, that I heard that so many times in the early days is I said, well, let's try it. I mean, why don't we try it? I said, I think your consumer's uh, are, you know, folks from all walks of life. I think they might, might do that. So yes, I would say our biggest challenge was the gatekeepers at that point, okay. but with Walmart being right here and I called our backyard, it's 30 miles away. Uh, you know, I I knew a lot of the people from that world that, in fact, I could have gone to work at Walmart and a lot of the people I, I had Sam Walton. I called him up uh, a couple of years before that in 1978 to speak to my business class at John Brown university. And guess what? He answered the phone and, and he came and and so, you know, it's that we live in a smaller area here. We know people. And back then we sort of knew people that knew people and you could always connect with them. Uh, and and so it was with Walmart, it wasn't a big objective. I didn't have, they didn't, we were sort of the same kind of folks. And, and so they were like, well, yeah, let's try it. They were, let's try that. But other stores we went to, they would think, well, that won't work here because, well, we don't sell that stuff or that kind of thing. But so we, we Again, I was persuasive enough, I guess, and, and God's favor was, give, give me a try. Let us try some stuff and see if it works. And if it doesn't, we'll take it back. Uh, and it oh. worked. and And so that's what's been amazing. <laughs> that
1: it did. And just to kind of piggyback off of that and go into your book, one thing that really stood out to me was your explanation of the difference between being driven and being called. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that a little bit and how God's actually revealed that in your own life?
0: Yes, well, I think... You know, I was a again the youngest of seven, and and you know what you would call, I guess, the type A. I was pretty, you know, outgoing, and and I wanted to. We, we didn't have a lot. We were we were truthful. We were sort of poor. We didn't know we were poor. We thought we were fine, but we we didn't have much. And so we always grew up with, if you wanted to get a dollar, you better go earn it. You know, you had uh, you had food and shelter uh, at your home, but you didn't. You, my parents were always encouraging us to get out there, but so I was in, in a hurry to grow up. I was wanting to hurry and get you know, I got married at 21 and, and we started having, my wife and I had kids at 24 and 25. And by, you know, we were having, you know, we had three children uh, in that window of period about five years. And we we were, I was in a hurry to get that education, get my job and get ahead. And and I was praying. I was, these, these guys were Christian guys. I was a believer from, from being a kid and, and from, from when I was a kid. And I love the Lord, but most of my twenties were spent you know, with, Hey God, you know, I've got a plan and I want you to join me. <laughs> you know, Lord, I've got the, here's the, I've got this agenda. And, and would you come and join me for, you know, all the things I'm doing? I pray, Lord, you know, help me with this and help me with that. And when I would, when I would get what I sort of wanted, I'd say, you know, great job, God. Right. But when I didn't, I'd say, why God, why did this happen? Why, why, why? And, but when I was 30, I went to a conference and it was a, a guy named Bob Buford. He wrote a book called Halftime and, and he he lost his son the year before, and he had he had invited about four hundred of what he called the busiest Christian people he knew across the country. And we had us meet in Dallas, Texas. And he basically the weekend theme he brought in about eight speakers from around the country that were the leading speakers of the of the time. And the theme of that conference was, Are you driven or are you called? Mm. And you know, I first started that conference thinking, Oh, I'm, I'm called, I'm called. I, you know, I'm sure I am. But by the time I listened to these speakers and I examined my life, I thought, you know, the truth is I'm just driven. I didn't even understand calling and what calling was. And that weekend turned, I would call that one of those pivot points of, of my life where I began to ask a different set of questions. I had never asked, I didn't really understand calling. I began to look at the scripture and to think what is, what is this what does it mean to be called is to you know our, our calling is to love god and glorify him forever right it's about him and that calling is about you know uh, you know for, you know all things work together for good to those that are called according to his name not our name and and, and that, that's romans 8:28 and this issue of calling began to really speak to me about oh it's not my agenda it's god's agenda and i i'm going to join him in his agenda And, and so this issue of this, yes, I'm still driven. I'm still an achiever wired. My God, he, he wired me to, to achieve and to, to grow things and to make things happen. But I used to do that for my, for my own plans, you know, but as I began to really say, okay, God, you've got a plan today, God, and it's not mine. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. as I began to say, okay, Lord, I've got a lot of stuff on my calendar, but you can move anything on my calendar that you need to move today help me to just watch and listen and then obey. Come on, and when I began to do that over that following few years, it began to really change my perspective. And I began to see things differently. I began to look at things differently. I, I sort of had a new set of eyes and, and I would have to catch myself about when I'd be out there running. Okay. Now, why are you running, James? What's the hurry? Where are you, where are you headed? Well, is it your plan or God's plan? And that really helped me then <clears throat> reposition my thinking around stopping and asking the right question. And that's what I call that. I was asking a lot of the why question, Mm -hmm. but not the what question. What are you doing, God? When things happen, I started asking that, what are you doing, God? And that helped me focus on, on what God's up to, not what I'm up to. I love that. And in the
1: workplace, a lot of people struggle with letting go and trusting that God does have a bigger plan for their lives. Can you chime in on this mindset that people are just running with, and it seems like they're running with it at a more rapid rate these days than ever before? Can you chime in on that mindset and offer some advice for those that feel stuck in that rat race?
0: Yeah, I think I think for me, and I and again, it's we all look at it, per, we we all perceive it this differently, but the reality is that the alignment aligning with God's plan on a daily basis is a real discipline. It's, it's easy to say, and it's hard to do. I mean, it's, and that's why for me, I, I, every morning before I, the, probably the last 25 years, really before I almost get out of my bed, I'm laying there and I, I say that prayer, I just repeated. That's really my prayer every morning. It's, it's, I have to get my mind set on it. Today is about God's plan. And I think, so many Christians, we, we get caught up in, you know, our own stuff because let's face it, my the name, of my book is Blue Skies. And, and it's, you know, how do you live an extraordinary expectation of what's around the corner? The reality is we have a lot of clouds. We have a lot of problems in life. We have a lot of challenges. It is not easy. I mean, I could find a list of things that we, we've had some very difficult things in our family and relationships uh, and challenges and issues of health. And, and things go go they go wrong right what we think is wrong and most of that leads us to discouragement and anxiety and and we go why god why do you allow this to happen why why and again I, I still struggle with that too i'm i'm just like the next person but when i started moving that to you know what all things work together for good there's a condition there right but to those that love the lord and are called according to his purpose and then to whom God you know, calls, he conforms to the image of God. There's a conforming season that we're in. Really, it's, our, it's the entire sanctification process, right? It's that we come kind of to know him, but we're in this growing area. Our, our job is to find the right perspective that God always uses circumstances to help shape us and mold us if we're truly following him. So how do we keep perspective? How do we work with that anxiety and that discouragement? when things don't go well. I, I love every life every day with the perspective that, you know, things probably are going to go awry today. And that's okay, God, because I'm here to follow you. And I've got to keep that perspective. And and that takes discipline. There's no doubt. I I One of my ways I share that is, is you know, something that I learned in grade school that you probably learned in grade school, and you live in a small town. And is when I used to cross the street to go uh, to the school, there was a a a guardsman there, a guardswoman that had a little sign that said, stop, right? And he he or she would walk out in the middle of the road when there's enough kids and would stop uh, everybody and say, okay, kids, you know, stop, but look and listen. Now look and listen and go ahead and cross the road. And, you know, I I think if, if we can, I can get, encourage people to stop, look and listen, is stop and ask the right questions is, you know, instead of asking that why question, I mean, we won't ask it, we, we're, our curiosity, but okay, Lord, what are you doing? What is, why, you know, I don't know why this situation has come, but you read the book of Psalms, read anywhere in scripture, every believer, every follower of Jesus and of God in the Old Testament had problems and they were a mess. People had struggles and they, they, they would ask why God a lot, but then he would come back and say, okay, God, now what are you doing? And you know, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to be after your heart. So that stop and ask, make sure you're asking the what question. And then looking in the right, what I call looking in the right places, the, the amount of information coming in to us, you know, the, our visual information today is unbelievable. The last 20 years, it's just increased and so much false information and so much things is, you know, we've got to look in the right places and we've got to look with spiritual eyes, right? And then we've got to listen to the right voices. Again, so many voices speaking today is how do you get discernment and making sure that you're having that. So I encourage people, you know, to to in order to get the right perspective, we have to stop, look and listen. Mm-hmm. And and when we do that, then we can pause, slow down a little bit, and say, Okay, Lord, I wanna be a I want to follow your plan, not my plan. And it's not easy, but I know that you've got good things ahead. And that you want to do. and, And I want to be obedient to your plan. Come on. And James, everything
1: you said today just has so much meat on the bone. And I'm like, if people are either watching this on YouTube or listening Go get the book Blue Skies. And you didn't ask me to do that. I'm <laughs> personally like people need to hear this message, but there's also another call to action that I thought would be really fun with Dayspring.com. They actually have a feature right now to where if you go to Dayspring.com forward slash e cards, you can send a free e card to somebody. And I want everybody to take advantage of that. This isn't a sales pitch. James didn't ask me to do this. His publicist didn't ask me to do this. Nobody asked me to do it. I found it because I went to Walmart at ten thirty last night because you know what? I forget about birthdays sometimes and it's fine. And I knew it was... I knew the date, but I didn't know that it was August 9th. So save yourself some time. You can send a free ebook right now at dayspring.com forward slash e-cards. We're going to have a link for that in the description below as well as for Blue Skies. James, thank you so much for taking time out to do this. I feel like... We could talk for hours on right. just the fact that day spring is now releasing books you've got books with candace cameron beret britney moses who's a close friend of ours here at trevor talks and obviously your books so there's a lot going on with day spring so everybody be sure to go follow them on social media all of it will be in the description below and if you're struggling right now and you need that extra hand of help be sure to check out some of the resources as usual that will be in the description for heart support death to life uh beneath the skin there's so many amazing people out there that want to hear your voice and want to help you through these hard seasons and we love you guys so much and james again thank you so much for being here and uh we'll talk to you guys
0: next week goodbye now
1: Life Audio presents Bridges with Monica Schmelter. That we have an enduring hope that can't be taken away when we are in Christ. And to know that we have that, right? And eternal salvation, because this world can be so busy and so dark that we can forget that. Right. Right? Because sometimes I get caught in the trappings of what's going on in my life this moment. And while I have to recognize that, that's not it. Continue listening on lifeaudio.com or wherever you find your podcast.